Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. Thank you for tuning in today. Segment two today will probably be longer than segment one. I have a lot to say about the news that broke Monday night after I recorded my podcast, which is that Tony Larusa, the current, we'll see how long this lasts, but the current manager of the Chicago White Sox was busted for drunk driving. I'm going to talk about what that means for the White Sox, what that means for the AL Central, what that means for the Detroit Tigers going forward. That really is a, a, a media circus right now. I mean, everyone, it's so funny. Everyone thought that the hiring of A.J. Hinch would lead to all eyes being on Detroit and tons of controversy and a huge media circus. It's been the other way around. It's been LaRusa who's who's taken the attention off of AJ Hinch, which I'm completely fine with. But before we jump into that in segment number two, the manager of the years were announced last night. No real surprises. Manager of the year is such a strange award because especially in baseball, because we have metrics and statistics for everything to, to decide what a player's true value really is. We have war. We have, you know, it hits with runners in scoring position. We have uh, our OPS in, in the seventh through ninth innings. I mean, we have numbers for everything, and yet we don't really have that for managers. That's why it's such a strange award, because very often, much like these managers may have a tendency to do, the voters themselves base it off of feel. They base it off of what makes a good story, what is a a unique, interesting, feel-good story that we can give manager of the year to, and in general, I don't really have a problem with that. You know, you'd prefer that it be given to a more analytic-based guy, but in this particular instance, once again, they gave it to the best story. No surprise in the National League, Don Mattingly won it. You kind of had to give it to him. No, do I think that Don Mattingly is a great manager? No, I don't. I mean, he he didn't do a very good job in L.A., really. I mean, they flamed out several times, and Dave Roberts did too, but this is a very old-fashioned manager. But at the same time, people seem to like him, players seem to like him, and considering the the circumstances that they've had to navigate through over the last several years, you know, with the rebuild, the loss of Jose Fernandez, but even more so this year with the COVID outbreak, the fact that they not only made the playoffs but won a playoff series— uh, very impressive. So, you know, I, I feel good for Don Mattingly right now. Seems like a nice enough guy. Happy to see that he he took home this award. It was it was a no-brainer. You had to give it to him considering the, the kind of tumult that the Miami Marlins had to deal with in 2020. In the American League, maybe a more controversial one, but it, it's the only one that really made sense in my opinion. Kevin Cash won it in the American League. His first manager of the year award was a finalist last season as well. You know, it really is too bad because Kevin Cash's legacy will be defined by his decision to pull Blake Snell in Game 6 of the World Series this year. Is that fair? No, it, it isn't fair, because Kevin Cash is a phenomenal manager. I think the job he does in Tampa Bay is is second to none. I've talked about that many times. I've defended him and talked about him more than maybe any other manager that I've talked about on this show. I think he does an amazing job. He's great with analytics. His players get along with him. He has a, a easy, loose clubhouse atmosphere. Seems like a good motivator. I mean, he does, he does a lot of things right with that organization. It's just, you know, the microscope is is on you during October, and he made a, a decision that 
he probably shouldn't have made pulling Blake Snow and he was dominating in game six and a lot of people view that as the decision that cost them the World Series but it's a regular season award and, and he did deserve it I, I say this all the time the Rays are better every year than they have any right to be like you you look at the talent on that roster compared to the talent on some other rosters even within their own division the fact that they are as good as they are every year is a testament to the the front office's job their ability to develop talent and it, it's a testament to the job that Kevin Cash is able to do now a lot of people we're really rooting for Rick Renteria to win this award. He was a finalist. The White Sox made the playoffs this year for the first time since 2008. Renteria, I mean, really, until the last two weeks of the season, may have been the front runner to win this thing. The White Sox were rolling, and then they fell apart in the last couple weeks, and one of the biggest reasons for that was him. He made some really questionable decisions, especially when it came to pitching changes and who he wanted on the mound in big situations. I mean, there was that series against the Indians where I think they got swept, and he made some questionable calls. I mean, putting Gio Gonzalez in and extra innings when Gio Gonzalez had had nothing all year and they ended up getting walked off and then of course kind of the nail in the coffin. This had no impact on the manager of the year awards but it had an impact on his job. The decisions he made in the final game, the wild card round in game three when he made, what, nine pitching changes? They used nine pitchers in nine innings or ten pitchers in nine innings. He's just never really seemed like a manager who's had a particularly good grasp uh, of things during big moments, and, and that showed in the wild card round this year. I, I mean, I know a lot of people wanted him to win it just because the story would have been really awkward and really funny, a guy who just got fired winning manager of the year, but come on, Rick Renteria isn't a good manager. I'm sorry, the guy's gotten fired from both Chicago teams. He's got a losing record. You know, the second the Cubs fired him, they took off, and a big reason for that was... Epstein had finally kind of built a core there that they could work with, and but he brought in Madden, and Madden was incredibly successful. You thought that that may be the case on the south side. You let go of Rick Renteria, you bring in somebody new with a young roster, and the team takes off. That's going to do it for segment one, but when I come back, I'm going to tell you why that team on the south side may not take off the way that some people think, and it, it starts with their very controversial decision to bring Tony Larusa in as manager. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. Thank you very much for tuning in. So, like I said, the big story that broke on Monday night, I believe it was Jeff Passan who reported this, was that Tony LaRussa was charged with a DUI stemming from his February arrest. So, it looks like he was charged with it on October 28th, the day before the White Sox hired him, but it, it happened back in February. I don't know. I, I don't speak lawyer speak, so I apologize if that doesn't make sense to people. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to me, but either way, the overarching story here, Tony LaRussa charged with the DUI. His second DUI what, pled guilty to one back in 2007, a misdemeanor DUI in Jupiter, Florida. Look, Anytime there's a controversial thing that happens in baseball, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are rooting against Tony LaRusso right now, and you saw a lot of jokes being made on Twitter and elsewhere. I get it completely. I am not, not, not someone who believes that you can't make jokes about 
X topic. Like, I think that's really kind of feeble-minded. I've had severe depression in my life, and yet uh, I've heard many funny depression jokes. I, I, I'm not someone who, who lives under the belief that, oh, I, you can't make jokes about what I don't want you to make jokes about. With that said, I, I, I kind of feel bad for the guy here uh, to a certain extent. And, and the reason for that is this is his second DUI. It's clear he's got some demons, and I hope he figures out those demons. I, to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not going to make jokes about this. Now, the other thing that a lot of people are saying, and this is an opinion that people are going to hate me for, probably, but I'll say it anyway. I don't believe he should be fired for this. The White Sox were aware of this, and if they weren't and didn't know and they were blindsided by this, then yeah, you should fire him for lying. But they knew about this. Because it is his second DUI, it's very clear that he has some kind of issue, and you could probably categorize it as an addiction, and addiction is illness, and I don't think you should fire someone for an illness. But let's ignore the personal factors that go into this. Let's ignore Tony LaRusso's, you know, potentially, you know, alcohol problem. That's stuff that is far too deep and far too complex for me to cover on a baseball podcast. I just want to view this from the perspective of what this means for the White Sox and what this means for the division, a division that the Tigers play in in the American League Central. What does it mean? Well, when he was hired, everyone, including myself, was incredibly skeptical of this move. I think I I didn't defend it necessarily, but I wasn't as critical as some other people were. I tried to just understand what Jerry Reinsdorf was, was thinking when they brought him in. And the one thing that I said was possible, the one thing that if you were a White Sox fan you were hoping for was that, you know what? Maybe they see something in him in the nine years in which he's been out of the game of baseball, or at least hasn't managed a game of baseball. Maybe he's changed. I don't live under the belief that people ever stop growing. Maybe between 67 and 76, he realized analytics are amazing. He lightened up on the whole, you gotta you gotta play the game the right way kind of thing. You know, especially with a, a roster like the White Sox, which is so young and, and swaggerific. It never felt like a good fit, but perhaps he's changed his ways. Maybe he's a different man. Maybe he's a different manager. With this arrest, it's very clear to me that he hasn't because the same mistakes that he made 13 years ago are the same mistakes that he's making today. I Look, I know my prediction game has been pretty poor at points on this podcast. I try to avoid the, the hot take stuff. I try to avoid immediately after someone is hired or immediately after a, a player is acquired for me to say, this guy's going to be terrible. Because one, it's just, it's very hot take-ish and clickbaity. And two, you pr- usually you're wrong. And then you end up looking like an idiot. I'm just going to come out and say it. This is going to end up being one of the worst hires in the history of baseball. This is so incredibly stupid that this went down. And, and this this is on ownership. It's on Jerry Reinsdorf unanimously, uh, all journalists, Jeff Passan, Rosenthal, all these guys said, this was a Jerry Reinsdorf decision. This was not Rick Hahn. And if I'm Rick Hahn, I'd quit. I'd quit my job. You understand the White Sox, who over the last four years, I've sang their praises as much as I have sang the praises of any other baseball team. The job they have done rebuilding since the end of the 2016 season, flawless. And the biggest reason for that is because of Rick Hahn. You look in that dugout in 2020, Simba Everything the light touches belongs to Rick Hahn. Tim Anderson belongs to Rick Hahn. Eloy Jimenez belongs to Rick Hahn. Moncada, Giolito, all these these stars who I, I've believed for several years will at some point be a part of a World Series winning team. It belongs to Rick Hahn. This year was their, their bridge year. Next year, I think a lot of people view as the year that they're officially going to take off, win the division, maybe even compete for a World Series. They're so close to the finish line, and they responded by hiring Tony La Russa. 
a 76-year-old alleged racist who hasn't managed a game in nine years. Like, when I came on here two weeks ago, I always try, I always try to, believe it or not, believe it or not, and people roll their eyes at this, I try to maintain a relative level head when a decision like that is made. I try to look at things from varying points of view. Why did the White Sox make this decision? Why did they think it was a smart decision? And I, my only explanation was that, one, he does, in fairness, have a proven track record. I mean, the guy's won World Series. He's had success for other teams. So that was that was one. And two, was the belief that maybe he's changed his ways at, at the age of 76. He hasn't. He hasn't. I know Reinsdorf is, is hell-bent on having him manage this team for this year and going forward, but I think there's going to be a huge backlash by players. Like, you've already seen it. Tim Anderson alluded to it. He came out and said, yeah, Tony Larusa hasn't even contacted me. Marcus Stroman went off on Twitter the other day. Marcus Stroman, a free agent. What a what a phenomenal fit he would be on the South Side of Chicago with that team. You know, he, he brings a level of attitude and swagger that so many guys on that team already have. He'd be a great fit. He, come out, he came out and said, literally, there's no amount of money that you could pay me to play for the White Sox right now. I can't remember who tweeted this and forgive me, I'll have to look it up, but someone tweeted that a month ago, there was no destination in baseball hotter than the south side of Chicago. There was no team on the up and up more than the White Sox. There's no team that people wanted to play for probably throughout all of baseball than that team. Now it's a cancer. People are going to want to come there. They know that the controversy that comes with Larusa. They know the media circus that's going to come with Larusa. You can already tell that there's going to be some kind of divide in the clubhouse, people are players are not going to respond to him the way that even they responded to Rancheria or the way they could have responded to any other manager. They could have had anybody. I know AJ Hinch was really professional. His press conference said, "Hey, Avila called me 30 minutes after the World Series. If if Rick Hahn or Jerry Reinsdorf would have called AJ Hinch after the World Series or even after the Tigers called him, he would have crawled to the South Side of Chicago. Would have been a perfect fit for him." I'm about to say something that is going to make people say, "Whoa." And they may think it's crazy, but I think it's true. Jerry Reinsdorf forcing Rick Hahn to hire Tony LaRussa is a worse move than anything Chris Illich has done with the Tigers. Now, don't get it twisted. Chris Illich has not done a good job in Detroit. I have serious, serious doubts about what he's going to be able to do if and when this this thing gets rolling and if and when this team ultimately becomes competitive. Serious doubts. I, I, I can't I- ignore any of that. I'm not acting like he's done a good job. He hasn't, but... He's also unproven to a certain extent. We don't know how Chris Illich is going to react if and when the moment comes where the Tigers are in position to kind of sniff a playoff spot. We don't know if he's going to spend money. We don't know if they're going to spend that money wisely. I have serious doubts. I have I have extreme, extreme skepticism, but we don't know yet. We've seen the White Sox build this thing. We've seen them go from bottom feeder to a team that a lot of people are are looking at and saying, that's a team to watch out for. We saw them make the playoffs this year. We saw them win a playoff game this year. Should have won that series against the A's. Didn't. Fine. They're still on the up and up. And Reinsdorf forced Rick Hahn to hire a guy who no one in their right mind would have even considered. It's like, I, I said this about Rick Anderson when he was the pitching coach here, that one thing that drove me nuts is it's like, that was a guy who no other organization would have hired to be their pitching coach, and yet somehow he was working for the Tigers. No no other team that had a managerial vacancy this year or in the last five years would have even considered hiring Larusa. He was finished. He was done. He'd retired. He, he'd flown the coop. He's, he was essentially out of baseball, at least in, in terms of being a manager. His lasting memory, his final memory, he went out on top. Won a World Series in 2011 with the Cardinals in the David Freeze series. This so reeks of some kind of 
personal attempt at vindication. The White Sox fired Tony La Russa 30 years ago or whatever. It might have even been longer than that. He winds up going to Oakland. He winds up going to St. Louis, has a ton of success, and the White Sox feel like that was the one that got away, I guess. I like That's the only explanation I have. If you, if you haven't been able to tell by now, I'm I'm just distraught. And like, obviously like it's good for the Tigers, right? Like it's good for the rest of the division. I think this year for the White Sox, they'll be talented. They'll win games. It's going to get to a point where something's going to come to a head and there's going to be infighting. There's going to be anger. There's going to be resentment by the players. There's going to be resentment by the GM. I don't see them lasting more than one season. I I really don't. I think there's going to be such an uprising by the players, such a, such a mutiny, such a frustration coming out of that clubhouse that even Reinsdorf, who is who's hell bent on keeping him, uh, is, is going to be forced to play his hand. This is so much more offensive to me than the Astros cheating scandal. And, and people are going to say, "What are you talking about?" But like the Astros cheating stuff, that came from a place of extreme arrogance. But a lot of people know that that Astros team was good enough to compete for and probably win a World Series even without the cheating. It sucks that they did, but that came from a place of complete arrogance, of cutting corners. This hire here of Larusa just comes from a place of stupidity. And stupidity to me is so much more offensive than arrogance. And I'm just I'm just stunned. Like like the DUI just shows that this guy hasn't changed. He he's still stuck in his ways. This isn't going to end well. Like I'm so confident in saying that this isn't going to end well. Like every hire, every coaching decision that is made, I try to take with a relative grain of salt. Hey, they hired him. He must have interviewed well. You know, when Osmus was here, hell, even when Osmus was hired by the Angels, I was like, hey, maybe there's something that that they found in LA that he didn't have in Detroit. I I have my doubts. And of course, he turned out to be a bum. He was a bum in Detroit. He was a bum in LA. But it's like, I, I tried to give him relatively the benefit of the doubt. I'm not doing that here. Like this was a White Sox team I really enjoyed watching last season, and if I'm a player there, I'm just I'm just scratching my heads. Like we're the ones who got you here. We, we brought this team back from the dead. Nobody cared about the Chicago White Sox. A lot of people still don't. They were everywhere this year, and now they're all over the press for the wrong reasons. You know, their manager is about to become a bigger story than the players, and that it's not. It, what frustrates me is not that it's bad for the South Side of Chicago. It's bad for baseball because you have players like Luis Robert and Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez who are electric, wonderful players, wonderful personalities, and all that is about to be overshadowed by the fact that you have a 76-year-old alleged racist as your manager. That's going to become the story, and that's that's a that's a damn shame. It really is. So that's uh, I mean, that's one of the longest rants I've had in a while. But that will do it. For today's show, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star written review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will be back here tomorrow recapping the news of the day. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.